This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, isn't it about time your printer got smart too? Now printing is smart with HP+. And the HP Smart app is how it all happens. You can print from your phone with just a tap, no matter where you are. Even from your garage slash home office slash yoga studio. Huh, that is smart. HP+. Learn more about smart printing at hp.com slash smart. Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Welcome to Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath, where experienced leaders share their own brand of leadership to help you develop and improve your own leadership capabilities. And now, here's your host, Dr. Gary. Well, hello again. This is Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. And coming to you with my podcast once again, Leading from the Front. And my guest today, who I've known for a few years, actually met her years ago when we were doing some work with the food bank. And Robert Half, the company, was uh, supporting some efforts here in Raleigh, North Carolina, where I'm based, and where Lauren Coker is based. And I met her at that meeting, and we decided to kind of get together and do a little coaching together and been working with her for years. She's now expanded her reach as a leader, built branches, been very successful. Tell me a little bit about your background and what you're doing now. And we'll get into the whole conversation about uh, leading from the front and compassionate accountability, which we're committed to working with organizations on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me, Gary. I really appreciate the invitation to join you today. When you and I first met, I was working and and had responsibility over our our Charlotte and Raleigh and South Carolina operations, so kind of North and South Carolina. I now am in a district director position and not only oversee our operations in North and South Carolina, but also in Georgia and Alabama. And so it's been really exciting to expand and take on some additional responsibilities. I work most closely with our account temps division, uh, office team, our Robert Half Management Resources group as well as our Robert Half Finance and Accounting teams. And, um, you know, ultimately what we do is is match, you know, great candidates with clients and, and help find uh, people the right type of opportunity for the next move in their career. So it's been really exciting to be a part of that. And uh, when you and I first met and started working together, I was taking on some additional responsibility at that time in North Carolina. And so it was really great to be able to work with you and, and go through some, some discussions and kind of expand some of my leadership skills in order to to deal with some challenges that I was having in a particular market in the Carolinas. Yeah, yeah. So when when you think about that path that you've taken, mm-hmm. you've slowly expanded. And you know, let's let's face it, you're taking over the South, right? You're <laughs> slowly one <laughs> one state at a time. What are you seeing though, just for uh, our audience to hear? Because Robert Half does a lot of research on this. It's a very important part to place mm-hmm. people both in temporary mm-hmm. positions and permanent positions. And we're in a pretty interesting time in our in our economy right now with less than four mm-hmm. percent unemployment. What have you seen shift in like the last five or ten years going from unemployment levels where they were a little bit higher and now at absolutely record lows? What challenges are you seeing? 
Yeah, um, a lot of challenges, actually. It's changed significantly over the last five to 10 years. You you think about it, and right now, there are over 7 million open positions in the U.S. and far less workers available for employment than the number of jobs that are open. And so when you you look at that, um, there's certainly a lot of demand for our services. And, you know, companies are really struggling to find great people in the market conditions that we're in. So, you know, not only are they struggling, to find great people and need to potentially use resources like what we provide. Um, But the other part of of their area of focus is really trying to retain the people that they have and being able to make sure that the opportunities that they're they're presenting them with, they're attractive opportunities, they're offering competitive packages, not only from compensation, um, but also about investing in their employees from giving them additional skills. Maybe it gets into work-life balance, flexibility. There's a lot of different things that companies are needing to consider in order to retain, but also attract top talent in, in the current market conditions. Yeah. So let's talk about that from a leadership standpoint for your experience there at Robert Half, because you talk about, you know, we've talked about this in the past, the most important job of the leader is to hire the right people, get the right people on your team, whether That's you right. hire them or move them around into different positions to get mm-hmm. them uh, aligned with their strengths. You know, I, I look at your website. It was really kind of interesting because we understand the importance of employee happiness. Mm-hmm. And and then the, uh, the third word after that is engagement. You know, so we're talking about in companies, happiness and engagement. Those are not words that were used 10 years ago. That's right. So how do you lead that effort with people in, on your teams to really understand how you stay engaged? And because when I think of happiness, and engagement, one is a lot about the emotional thing, the the, the feeling of the organization, the feeling mm-hmm. of the people around them mm-hmm. and their leader. And engagement has a lot to do with their effort going into it and a, an ability to be able to achieve results and be accountable to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, do, how do you balance that struggle? Yeah. It's funny that you talk about happiness and engagement because um, our company philosophy is we talk about why don't we all just work happy? So you may have seen that Mm. on our our website. Um, But when we think about what we do for a living and and helping companies and individuals get matched up and be the right opportunity for someone um, and the right person for that company, you know, you think about most people spend 40 plus hours a week at work and um, you they want to be happy. They want to feel like they're in the right work environment. They are being they're following an, an inspiring leader. They feel like they're a part of something bigger than um, maybe just what's sitting on their own desk. And so we really look at that as an art and making sure that we're matching the right person with the right job, because if they're not happy there, then they're not going to stay in that position. And so then then our clients are going to have potential retention issues. And frankly, that same exact thing parlays right into our work environment here at Robert Half and the, the different teams that I work with across a variety of offices. And, you know, like I said, we spend a lot of time together on a weekly basis. And I know several of the the folks that I've worked with through the years, they've probably heard me use the phrase, you know, this, I view this as my work family. And Mm, um, we all really need to, you know, kind of have each other's backs and, and enjoy working together, realize we're going to have some struggles along the way. We all have different personalities and different views on on how to approach different um, challenges that we might be facing in the job. Uh, But when you think about it, it really, in my opinion, boils down to relationships and the employees need to feel like they're connected not only to each other, but to their leader. And so, you know, one of the things that even you and I, you know, talked about years ago and and that I still really 
spend a lot of time focused on today is how do I connect with the staff and make sure that I'm really understanding what's important to each one of them, what motivates them, um, what kind of career path are they looking for, how do we develop them and get them ready to do additional things, how do we invest in them, um, you know, can we set them up with a mentor? There's a lot of different ways to do that. But also, I think it's about getting them excited about a vision. And that vision could be a variety of different things, whether it's at, at, at my company at Robert Half or it's at another company. Um, people want to feel like they're working towards something bigger than just themselves. And so I think a really strong leader is good at painting vision and getting people to buy into that and for them understanding the why behind what they're trying to accomplish as it relates to that vision. And if people feel like their leadership team really invests in them and cares about them um, and and wants to propel their career forward and give them the tools to do that, um, that's going to help a lot with retention. And it's going to help with that whole work happy and building the kind of culture that helps people um, not only want to stay, but want to grow and accomplish something great. Well, I, I think we, we just wrote a book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a lot. I mean, I want to I want to go back on a couple of things that uh, that you said because they're really really powerful and important to uh, to highlight. Because uh, in a lot of this, our leadership definition is the ability to build relationships so mm-hmm. we can achieve our goals together with compassionate accountability. Right. It starts with building the relationship, and mm-hmm. often leadership definitions were around influencing each other. Mm-hmm. And we've shifted that. We've shifted that to now building relationships. And if we have strong relationships with each other, well, guess what? We do influence each other. It's a, just a natural mm-hmm. part of it. it. But it's not something that we think about like it's a manipulative act. Right. We're all working towards the same thing. So when you talk about building relationships and 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 that connection, you also said something else that was near and dear to my heart. You said we have each other's backs. Uh, mm-hmm. And I share with uh, my clients this all the time, IGYB, the letters IGYB that my brother sends me when I ask him to get something done for me in my company. And it means I've got your back. And uh-huh. that's, a, that's a military phrase. We're both ex-military and uh, in, in the Army, it means or the Navy or the Air Force or any, you know, wh- where your lives are on the line. We need people to have our backs. And if you can create a culture and a relationship where we trust and believe in each other and we've got each other's backs, it just feels so much more secure, right? Right. People create a team of connectedness and that bigger purpose that you're talking about. How in your organizations from team to team, I mean, let's face it, you're doing these transactions, right? You're moving people from company to company. Right. Uh, You're trying to help people find their dream job. Uh, What I've learned actually is the dream job doesn't exist. The dream company might. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's the culture and the people within the company. And I can I will tell you that I didn't do enough myself early on. I would get these great jobs as vice president of sales and marketing and you know, building the company and doing great things. And within about six months, I'd be like, Man, this, this these people just I don't I don't resonate with them. Right. You know, they're all they all they care about is profit or all they care about is the product or all they care about is the stock price. And I was like, that's what about the people? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's all about the people. So I, I did a bad job of that. So how do you, how do you go about building that, that vision, that connectedness, those relationships, you know, in your position mm-hmm. when you have, uh, I don't know, a hundred people, 200 people, I don't, doesn't matter how many people, a lot 
you've got multiple levels that re- right. report to you and you've got to report or you've got to develop a different level of relationship across the organization. How do you do that? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Uh, it Honestly, a variety of different ways. So when I think back to it, I guess I'll back up for a second. When I think back to, you know, several years ago, maybe even frankly, Gary, when you and I first started chatting with each other, uh, you know, I, I was a relationship person, definitely. But I think, you know, a lot of people, myself included, when they're in leadership positions or maybe a little bit more junior in their leadership career, you kind of put on your suit every day and go to work. And it's like you almost put on a little bit of a different personality as a leader. You're still your you're still yourself. You don't change your personality. But I think early on in people's careers, sometimes in roles like that, they struggle to be maybe quite as authentic as what they um, end up being maybe later in in life and and as they kind of evolve in their leadership journey. And I would say that I was probably one that that wasn't as authentic. I I meant it on the inside, but maybe not quite as authentic early on in my career. And that's something that um, I would say is really come through over the last several years of being in leadership. And I think that's about goes back to finding a way to connect with different people and letting them realize as a, as a leader that you're, you're human too. And you have some of the same struggles that they have. Um, and, and remembering little things, you know, whether I call someone on their birthday or reach out to them on a work anniversary, it doesn't matter what position they're in. If they are someone within kind of my geography, it's important to me to have some type of communication with them on a regular basis. When I'm talking about getting specific teams together, you know, a lot about that vision is what is the goal that that team wants to accomplish? Maybe they want to place more people this month than they've ever placed historically in any given month. Maybe operationally, there's something that they want to work on and feel like their team could be doing a better job. It doesn't really matter what the goal is, but when we talk about that vision, I think it's about getting everyone's buy-in and having them be a part of that process. So maybe you pull a team of five, six, seven people in a room and let them have a brainstorming session and figure out what's most important to them um, and then come up with that as a team. And then ultimately, um, they realize that they have more of a say-so in that and they they have a lot of weight on that team and they're more bought into what we're trying to accomplish. And so I think getting those opinions from people is extremely important. Yeah, so let me jump in here yeah, for a second, because sure. what you just said, I think, is here's what struck me as you talk about, well, get the people in the room, have them talk to each other, do some brainstorming. Mm-hmm. In other words, you're not letting the team organically create its own identity. You're crafting that as a leader based on your experience and saying, uh, you know, what we need is a brainstorming session. So you role model that by bringing them together. And, and probably there's at least one person who I'm going, Oh, this is pretty cool. I I, I got to do this more often, you know. <laughs> and then the, the team eventually might do it on their own because mm-hmm. you're role modeling mm-hmm. that instead of we. Don't you think that when we're young leaders, we make too many assumptions about what people, what we think people know, and how to build those relationships and how to build that team, and we yes. just kind of let it go, and and mm-hmm. it doesn't happen, and we get frustrated. Like why aren't why isn't this team coming together? That's right. That's right. I think you have to give them structure. Um, we all need structure. I mean, I do too. And but giving giving a structure to something doesn't mean that um, everybody doesn't have their their own opinion and their own say so within that structure that's provided. And so I think people need need guidance and direction, and people want to follow a strong leader and a strong organization, and they'll feel 
and they want to feel inspired by that person or by that team even that they're a part of. Um, and I think that goes back to, you know, again, I said the phrase work happy earlier, but um, we also just try to have fun. You know, we will laugh and we joke and um, we try to, to make sure that we have a good time uh, every, every single day. Yeah, so it sounds to me if you're if you're doing that, then what what strikes me in in those kinds of environments, nobody's really taking themselves too seriously. That's right. You know, I want to go back a little bit to the authenticity though that you talked about. Uh, do you think that you know when we're when we're younger or we're trying to uh, be a manager, be a supervisor, be a director uh, early on, and you said I wasn't as authentic then as I am now. I'm still the same person. Don't you think we're trying to play a role instead of just being who we are? Yes. I think I had a vision of what the leader should do or should say. And I think sometimes I I was a little maybe afraid to share too much information. And uh, I don't feel that way anymore. You know, and I think that's just maturing in your role and just understanding how to connect with people and that they really do appreciate and want as much transparency as possible. And they do want they're, they want to feel like their their leader is, uh, they want to see them humanized. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, again, it's a really interesting balance between being transparent and telling people too much. Right. Being vulnerable and ha- and and being so open about your personal life that people right. like TMI. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, or, you know, so that's a difficult, uh, how, how do you know where the balance is? What what advice would you give a younger leader that's oh you need to be vulnerable you need because I've done this with leaders sometimes and they'll yeah. tell me some of the stories that and I said no don't tell that story <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good question um, I think you know you start at one level with a person and kind of get to know them and I think over time that relationship evolves you know I'm not a brand new person that I'm working with I'm probably not going to share nearly as much information as someone that I've known for years and um, and I think too being able to give people really direct feedback. And if someone crosses the line and says something they shouldn't say, and that doesn't mean just about authenticity and leadership, that's just in business in general. Um, we going back to the development piece. It's, I view my job as my responsibility is to develop other people and make them the best versions of themselves in the job they're in that they can possibly be and to give them the tools to grow and develop and, and kind of be on that career path. And that doesn't mean always telling them what they want to hear either. You know, if someone says or does something that maybe is a little bit um, out of line or a learning opportunity, it's about pushing back and giving them that feedback so that they can continue to correct and grow and develop in those behaviors so they're ready to do other things. Well, not, you're talking my language now because the first part of this, we talked about compassion. Now you're talking about accountability. <laughs> you know, and, I just and shifted gears for you, Gary. <laughs> that's compassion, accountability. That's where the balance of this is. And that's the challenge because most young leaders are either thoughtful of others and they're building the relationships and they're, they're trying to be compassionate, empathetic and understanding, and they don't really know how to hold people accountable. And right. then you have the others that are very accountable and very numbers driven. And let's make sure we have the activity and the productivity. Uh, but uh, they don't really know that this person had their birthday or that they lost a parent last month and they're, de- right. they're a little depressed, you know, and they need, right. they need a little, little support. So the challenge that we always have is the balance of those two in any given moment. And I think mm-hmm. as we gain experience, if we if we become aware and pay attention, we mm-hmm. recognize that it's a balance that's required. We we use a uh, a metaphor for a lot of the things that you're talking about in in organizations, as you talked about boundaries and and structure and this metaphor is if you're standing on a forty story building mm-hmm. and there's no wall 
and the it's 50 mile an hour winds and it's about 30 feet from the center to any one of the sides of the building how free are you to run around on top of that building with no walls and a 50 mile an hour wind and most people say mm -hmm. uh i'm gonna lay down in the middle of that that uh, <laughs> roof and not move right, right? same roof i'm gonna put a 10-foot wall all the way around the outside of it that mm -hmm. you know you you've got that boundary now i can move all over the roof and feel free right mm -hmm. and there's a couple of things with that metaphor that's really important. You kind of hit on it by saying we want to be transparent, but the wall is still 10 feet because there's stuff happening outside of the wall. We're not, mm -hmm. You're not going to tell everybody. Right. Because it's too much. And we don't want people falling off the roof. That's right. So it, it, trying to understand that, but the people within the team or the individual within, within the walls on that roof are free to move and do everything that they need to do to produce and to get along. That's so right. boundaries and structure and understanding all that is really, really important. And you, you talked about that. What's your experience been when you come into an area that's struggling? Mm -hmm. Have you seen an organization where they're happy, but they're not producing? Have you seen mm -hmm. where they're, um, they're producing and they're not happy? Have you seen where they're uh, producing a lot, but people just really aren't getting along? I mean, what do you, there's all kinds of nuances to all of that idea yeah. of happy productivity, right? Right. How do you balance those? Yeah, that's a really good question because I've seen all of those scenarios. <laughs> um, I think a lot of it goes back to resetting boundaries. Mm. So let's say I walk into a, a new area that maybe I haven't worked with previously or you know, we've had a lot of transition in the market or we're growing and adding a new team. There's a lot of different reasons that um, those things could happen. And I think for a, a leader, you've got to go in and reset the boundaries. And here's the expectations of the job. Here are all the things that you know you need to do in order to be successful in this role. And here's what I'm going to hold you accountable to. What are the things, by the way, that you also want me to hold you accountable to that are important to you um, for your own career and learning? And so because ultimately, if they tell you what's important to them as well and what they want to be held accountable to, it's a lot easier to turn around and hold that person up accountable if they actually played a role in setting those goals for themselves. Um, so I think those clear lines of communication need to be set from the beginning. And frankly, I would even say beyond that, it's about the, it starts even in the interview process. So your example was just, you know, an existing team and, and how do you work through some of those challenges? But I think ultimately, for me, it starts in the interview room. And so if I'm looking to have someone potentially join our company, I want to be very clear on the front end. Here's what our culture is. Here's what makes our company so great. Here's what makes our office an amazing place to work. Um, here's what the team is like. But also, here are the expectations. And let's talk through those. And I'm going to hold you accountable to that, or we're going to hold you accountable to that. How do you feel about that? And so I think when someone comes in with a really clear understanding, um, that sets you up for success. Success, and you've got to be really consistent with that messaging across an entire, whether it's an office, an entire company, an entire department, um, depending on what type of business somebody's in. Yeah. So, you know, when I just listening to you, I'm clear and consistent and knowing the company goals and the person's goals and aligning all those things. I, I think that you've described what uh, you started with in the very beginning. And I'm going to go back to this uh, as we close here talking about working happy, just working happy. It doesn't say be happy. 
And it doesn't say we're going to get our work done and be productive. It says working happy. So work and happiness together. And in all things in life, I believe that there's always that balance between these competing uh, uh, uh things often in our lives it seems mm-hmm. to so mm-hmm. I, I love that i love that phrase working happy and that's really what i'm gonna take away from today and uh and there's i i took a whole bunch of notes on things that you talked about that are really fascinating in building relationships and teams and i love the fact that you talk about interviewing your people and really getting to know what their goals are because let's face it if you don't know what their goals are how are you going to help them be successful and happy that's right Exactly. So, hey, Lauren, I really appreciate your time today. And I'm sure that uh, we'll watch your journey as you uh, start some new areas of responsibility. And uh, maybe in six months or so, we'll uh, get you back on the podcast to say, so, uh, Lauren, uh, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. I um, I really appreciate the opportunity to join today and, uh, and would love to come back down the road for sure. That's fantastic. Thanks so much. Thank you, Gary. This is uh, this is Dr. Gary making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability, signing off from leaning from the front. Thank you so much. Thanks for being with us on Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the work Dr. Gary is doing, visit statarius.com, S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S, Music for Leading from the Front is provided by Peter Katz. For more of his music, visit peterkatz.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.